This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hey, it's Christy. Welcome back to Do The Work. Today and every day, we will talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do The Work. It is a new year, and I am really excited to be talking with Sarah Clark. Sarah is, a, is 25 years old. She's married to her husband, Hunter. In April, she will have been married for three years and is also going to be introducing their new baby girl into the family. So exciting, Sarah. Thank you. So happy for you. Sarah is a nutrition and fitness coach. She started her business back in January of 2022. So you've almost been a full year. Almost two years. Two years. Oh, we're going to 2024, Sarah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I remember when I started my business, like, wow, it's been a year. Wow, it's been totally. And yeah, it's crazy. I'm so happy for you. Good. Sarah says she's been passionate about nutrition and fitness her whole life, but haven't always gone about it in the healthiest ways. After years of trial and error and working on her internal self, she feels like she's found a healthy balance that's made her passionate in helping others find the same. Now, I know Sarah. Sarah is the daughter of one of my very good friends. And really, I always knew her as Allison's daughter. But then she took a whole nother level in our house when she asked my son Ross to a date dance. Yes, I love Ross. <laughs> and all it's of so his sweet. friends lost their mind <laughs> <laughs> that Sarah Graham was asking Ross out on a date. So that that may have could have been the highlight. One of, of the his funnest life. dates too. Ross <laughs> was like everybody loved Ross. So asking Ross was a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> he had so much fun with you. Loved everything about Orem High. Okay, so. I've asked Sarah, one of the things, the reason I've asked Sarah is one of the things I appreciate about her is her willingness, first of all, to say that I don't have this all figured out. I'm learning. I'm human. Yes. And so is everyone else. We're all trying to figure it out. And yet we live in a world where people are presenting information and ideas all the time. And for me, Sarah, number one is I want to see someone who's living what they're teaching That feels really important to me and that's willing to say, oh yeah, I'm working on this right alongside. I know just because we know something doesn't mean that we've completely internalized and it's now become who we are no matter what. And I know that because as a life coach, I'm constantly teaching people principles that are absolutely based and centered in absolute truth. And then I'm living my life and I'm thinking, well, maybe I don't have to do that or, you know, whatever that is. So as I've followed you on your social media, I've, I've seen that from you. I've seen you say, Hey, I know some things that can help you and bless you in your life. And I'd love to help you do that. And also I'm human. And so to me, that's like a really, that's who I want. That's who I want to, that's who I want to learn from. That's who I want to talk with. Mm -hmm. So thank Thank you. you. Thank you. That That means a lot. I really appreciate that. So this is my first podcast for this new year, and I want to talk about choosing to change one day, one choice at a time. I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I just never have been, probably because for many years, I would set New Year's resolutions, and then I'm not even, I wanted to say by January 15th, but I'm not sure I ever actually got to January 15th, (laughs) but they were gone. So I, I just, what I've 
I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I'm a big fan of change. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big fan of daily recognizing choices that we make that either bring us joy or cause us to feel. That's what I want to talk about today. You're a health coach. And often many people focus on health in their New Year's resolutions. We all know Costco's full. In January, you walk in, you're going to see treadmills, vitamins, all the things according to health. Oh, yeah. And really, ultimately, when I thought, okay, I want her on the podcast, is you? Ha- I saw a post recently where you said, this is health. And then you had a picture of... Well, what is it? Remind me. Yeah, it was it was a reel. So it was it was me lifting, but then it was me eating some Little Caesars pizza. And then yeah. it was me running with my husband on the beach with my little dog. It was me with some friends um, gathering together for a little event we did during Halloween. It was me running with my husband. That's what the post was. The I pictures. loved it so much because we live in this world that says get healthy or eat healthy and and then you're healthy but so many people just have no i no they don't know yeah how to address so many of those other things that you said and this is health so you know working on relationships is healthy physical exercise is healthy anyway i want to talk about that first yeah. of all i want you to tell us your story will you tell yeah. us your story you tell yeah. it on your social media some as well but yeah of course it? i mean i feel like i got into health and nutrition i mean you know my parents they've always kind of been gym rats they've always gone to the gym so i definitely had that example of going to the gym exercising my dad did tons of my parents did tons of races um yeah. but i feel like it it i got i got interested in it when in i think it was 2015 when mm-hmm. my sister actually got home from her mission mm-hmm. caitlin and she wanted to go on the whole 30 and me being the youngest in my family i didn't want to be left out yeah so i was like oh i'll just do this i was still in high school i think i was a, i think i was a junior in high school i didn't want to be left out with yeah. all the girls in my family so i went on the whole 30 uh, and it got really interesting to me. It was really cool actually to learn about what food does for you. And I, because I had to start doing research, I had to start seeing what foods can I eat and what foods can't I eat, which yeah. anyways, I didn't last the 30 days because who knows, who knew that still cut oats wasn't part of the whole 30, <laughs> which you're like, Wait, what is whole 30? I'm like, Oh, good are, question. Are, what are you speaking? What language? Yes. Okay. Talking? So the, I actually remember Allison did it too, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. My okay. mom did it too. Yeah. Um, the whole 30 is a diet where for 30 days you eat, foods that come from the earth. So anything that's processed or anything that basically isn't whole foods, you can't eat. It's off limits. And so you do that for 30 days. Still cut oats? I didn't know that either. And I still, <laughs> where do they come from? I don't know. I, you know, I, you think I'd research that, but I guess they're processed. I don't know. Okay, fine. But in my eyes, I'm like, still cut oats are yeah. super healthy. But my sister's like, you know, that's not part of it. I'm like, what? This is dumb. Anyways, <laughs> I didn't last the 30 days, but it did. That's kind of where it started for me, where it became really interesting. And in my research to figure out what I could eat, what I couldn't eat, I used Pinterest and, you know, you see something on Pinterest. I saw something on Pinterest that said, um, abs are made in the kitchen. And so for me, you start seeing pictures of abs and you're like, oh, it'd be really cool to change my body and, and see what I can do. So I, I started getting really obsessed with it. It started yeah. becoming really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I started uh, limiting the food that I would eat. I wouldn't eat sugar. I wouldn't eat treats. I wouldn't go out to eat with friends because I had these goals to get abs. Yeah. I started working out a lot at the gym. Um, and on top of that, I was also playing soccer. So I was just going, you know, it, it, it started to be healthy, turned into an obsession, an unhealthy obsession, mm-hmm. um, where social gatherings gave me anxiety. 
cookies around the house gave me anxiety. They made me really nervous. And uh, I got to a point where I was, I lost a lot of weight, too much weight, um, to the point that I actually had a friend come to me and ask me. And she was like, hey, Sarah, um, I just have to ask you, are you sick? And I was like, what? But in the back of my head, I knew. I, I really? at, that, at that moment, I was like, oh, yeah. this isn't good. Yeah. And she's like, I, we're all wondering, like, are you okay? Are you sick? And I was so confused. I was so lost in that moment. Like, what do you mean am I sick? Like, I'm doing all the things right. But in that moment, it, it, I mean, in that time frame, I did have people saying like, Sarah, you're losing weight. Sarah, you're looking really good. Sarah, you're really disciplined. Like I had, you know, people commenting to me. So I thought like, oh, what I'm doing is right. Yes. Um. Anyways, and then my mom started coming up to me and she's like, hey, Sarah, why is so-and-so from the ward coming up to me and saying that they're praying for you? And why is so-and-so asking about you? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought what I was doing was right, you know? And it would be confusing because mm-hmm. lots of people in your life are like, oh, you look amazing. Yeah. Right. People were like, Sarah, what are you, for a moment, people were like, Sarah, what are you doing? You know, you're the health nut. You're the, you're being so healthy. You're looking so fit. And then I just took it to the extreme. So when people are praising me and then it gets too far, it was confusing for me. Like, this doesn't make sense. I'm the healthy person. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to be, you know, I'm not supposed to be too skinny or I'm not supposed to be, you know, malnutritious. Um, Anyways, I, I ended up getting help and over time, I, it took time, but I ended up gaining the weight back. Um, and then I served a mission for my church and I went to Chile and people, you know, most people know in missions, they, you kind of eat whatever people give you. Um, and definitely my eating habits kind of went out the window. You, I just kind of enjoyed where I was there and I gained an additional 30 pounds on top of that. I came home from my mission a little bit overweight, mm-hmm. just, and I felt like I had lost my identity of like, this healthy fit, Sarah. And it felt really hard too. I was like, okay, now I'm on the complete other end. And I started getting back into um, eating healthy. And during that time, I still was eating healthy and staying active. I was just trying to figure out like, how can I do this while still feeling good? You know, feeling good in my body, feeling good about how I, how I look and feel, um, while also still having a good relationship with food. Like what? And, and for years it was just back and forth of like losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. And it really wasn't until I really, uh, dug internally of like, what is going on? Like what, you know, I feel like I understand the principles of health and nutrition, but for some reason I was having such a hard time finding uh, this place where I could feel healthy, feel confident in the way that I looked and still feel like I could enjoy my life. And kind of like you were saying before, Christy, like I'm, you know, I'm not going to say like, and I have it figured out now, guys, yeah. you know, I, I have it figured out. Right. It's, it's still a work in progress. And especially now being pregnant, it's also now my body's changing in different ways, which, is, which, sure. but my perspective and the things and that I've learned over the years have helped me to be able to approach those scenarios with more compassion and with, with, with a healthier perspective. Yes. I, I just think to go from one extreme to the next is, is actually quite normal. Cause when totally. we try to, you know, well, I'm okay. This is okay. And then to find that space, I talk with clients a lot about being honest and humble and responsible and vulnerable and charitable. And that applies to every part in your life. So as you're working with yourself to, figure out what is 
what is healthy, what is honestly healthy instead of what's going to look great or what, you know, what are people going to think of me or whatever. I just, I love your honesty about it. And I, I want to talk to you about what you find with clients as well as you're working with them. We are a whole person. We are physical, social, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual person. And again, it's interesting to me because so often around the new year, the main focus is on our physical health and what we look like and what are we going to do, you know, to look better. Basically, we come by this very honestly because we live in a world that has convinced us that we should look a certain way. Americans spend $30 billion a year on out-of-pocket complimentary health approaches, meaning anything outside of typical doctor's visits, yoga, meditation, chiropractic, anything like that. According to Harvard Health Publishing, Americans drop more than $70 billion each year on commercial weight loss plans, supplements, and other pound-shedding measures. The Ascent research found that each household spends $1,434 a year on clothes and related services. That's about 2.3% of the total annual spending, though there's a big difference in the amount spent by men versus women. Statista, status. I think that's how you say it, on cosmetic plastic surgery procedures. In 2022, all aesthetic procedures generated 11.8 billion U.S. dollars, of which 8.5 billion U.S. dollars generated from surgical cosmetic surgeries. And the beauty and personal care industry has yearly revenue of about 97 billion. That includes beauty, tech, cosmetics, fragrances, personal care, and skincare. We care a lot about our physical bodies. Are you finding that? Oh, for sure. Tell me your thoughts as I share all that. Um, it's crazy, for <laughs> it's sure. It's crazy. Um, and I think, you know, the the approach that I kind of take in my world, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. is I think that, you know, I think it's okay for people to want to change their body. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to have goals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of people go about it the wrong way. You know, they go about it in an extreme way. They go about it in a way that isn't realistic for them. Mm-hmm. Hence why a lot of people go, you know, they have New Year's goals and it's, uh, okay, I'm going to work out five times or I'm going to work out every mm-hmm. single day this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before that, they were working out zero times a week. Yeah. And so for them going into that, that's very unrealistic. They're not be able to, they're not able to sustain that. Mm-hmm. How I work with my clients is, you know, we do track certain measures to see, to help them see body composition changes, mm-hmm. um, but not losing perspective to making sure if these body composition changes get in the way of how their mental health is or mm-hmm. how their relationship with food is or how their relationship with their family is, mm-hmm. then we need to pull back a little bit and we need to work on some things that are that are on the internal side of things before focusing on the external mm-hmm. factors. And so I think I'm not surprised by some of the by some of this data. And it's something that I would I would love to be part of the change of like, hey, let's we can still have goals and we can still want to change our bodies, but we need to do it in a in a in a healthy perspective and in a healthy mindset. That's beautiful. When you say we can still have goals and we can do it from a healthy perspective, a goal to care for all of us is such a beautiful, like, yes, we matter. That I spend so much of my time as a life coach helping individuals believe and understand 
that they are already, they already matter. They're not here to prove their worth. They're not here to convince people that they have value or that they have worth, that, that they came with that. And so a goal to treat ourselves and to, well, really to treat this gift of a body in a way that helps us feel centered and, and cared for. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Instead of, do I look good enough? Am I thin enough? Do I, am I going to fit in here? Those are all things that will just affect our spiritual, social, intellectual, emotional self. I love when you said, if it's not working here, we're going to go look at other parts of the person. Totally. Because I think a lot of times what happens and I fall, I I have fallen into this and, you know, something I help a lot of my clients through as well is there's that, there's the, the saying, whether it's conscious or subconscious of, I will be happy when, right. I will be happy when I lose weight. I will be happy when I achieve certain aesthetic. And again, I think those goals are okay. It's okay if you want to improve your aesthetic, Mm -hmm. But if it's if it's coming from I will only be happy when I achieve that, yes. then we're coming from it in the wrong place. You can find happiness and you can find acceptance. And I think that's a big part of it, too, is, you know, for I think for a long time when in high school, when I was trying to get thinner and thinner and thinner, what I was really searching for was acceptance. <laughs> I was searching so good. Yes. I was searching for acceptance of others. And I got that. I got that for a second. You know, I got it from got it from my parents for a second. I got it from yeah. my, my friends for a second. Boys. Until from boys, mm-hmm. um, until it came to a point that even when I was super, super skinny, underweight, I still thought I looked big. I still, really? I, I still thought that I, I still wasn't happy. I still wasn't happy with myself. And that's where, you know, I think that a lot of women listening to this or men too, most people have lost weight. You know, America doesn't have a weight loss problem. Weight, America has a weight maintenance problem um, mm-hmm. is what I say often. Mm-hmm. People can lose weight easy. Maintaining that weight loss is really, really hard. And when most people lose weight, they usually don't feel how they thought they were going to feel. And that's when we can realize like, okay, do you know what? You can actually feel the way that you want to feel right now. Now, these goals to change your aesthetic, instead of it coming from, I will be happy when it comes from, Hey, I'm doing something to challenge myself and better myself and improve my abilities. And, you know, maybe, um, to discipline, you know, which can be, you know, to challenge myself and grow myself in different aspects rather than, I'm just searching for happiness because happiness doesn't come from, from external sources. It comes from, I think, self-acceptance and finding that acceptance within yourself and finding that truth within yourself and finding that happiness within yourself. You, You couldn't have said it better. That is, there are so many ways in our world where, that we go searching for happiness and, and some of them are wonderful on their own, right? Like we can, exercising is a really great thing for our mind and our body, but used to find happiness, then it's, then the motive, when the motive is off, there's just so many ways that that we search for happiness. And when we're, here's the reality, when you said it's inside of us, like we get to choose it, but that requires emotional work. That, That requires letting go of beliefs that we've carried totally and a long time and here's the thing christy is what i've seen is a lot of people get scared to do the emotional work because they think if i do the emotional work and if i find that self-acceptance then i'll never achieve that goal i'll never get that aesthetic i'll never be able to lose the weight and you know i'm not going to say that's not true but i'm also not going to say that is true that doesn't have to be true i think if anything finding that that self-acceptance and working on that internal self 
might help you achieve that goal. Or if not, it's going to help you find peace with that goal. It's going to help you find, or it's going to help you find a different goal that's actually aligned with who you want to be and aligned with your values and not something that's totally out of, you know, that's totally going to make you go insane and continue to fall down these cycles. So I think that there's this fear that a lot of people have of like, I don't want to do that work because I need to achieve the goal and then I'll do that work. It it doesn't work that way. So I grew up in such a wonderful home and and there was a lot of attention to weight in our home. We always joke that I would come upstairs and my mom would say, it looks like you've gained about a quarter of a pound oh. on your face. <laughs> oh. Oh. I love my mom so much. <laughs> but we would joke about that. And um, as an adult, I realized I had really unhealthy thinking about body image and especially about food. Like I just felt like I was cheating every day because... Mm-hmm. I was eating things that I, you know, quote, shouldn't be eating. And when I finally committed to getting curious about what was going Mm -hmm. on inside of me about that, I was talking with a coach and she said, you have to get to the point that no matter what the outcome is, you're willing to let go of the belief that your worth is tied into what you look like Mm -hmm. and what you weigh. And in my mind, I saw this massive, like, I thought I will be so big. I just thought there was, I thought if I actually let that belief go that, that I have to look a certain way or weigh a certain thing, then I'm, I I will never stop eating. I will just keep eating. I bawled and bawled and bawled. (laughs) Like I cried my eyes out because I was so afraid of letting go of some of those false beliefs that I didn't even know I had. I just thought they were true. Yeah. Right. And I knew I had false beliefs. One of the first indicators was that if when I would step on a scale, if it had a certain number, then I was okay. And I was happy and good. If it had another number, my day was affected. Mm -hmm. My worth like, and I was like, cheating. I was like going to the bathroom. I was exercising. I was doing all these things for that little square that I would step on. Right. So anyway, to expose though, to go in and do the emotional work to recognize what beliefs are keeping me stuck in these patterns. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. And it does. I believe I don't, I couldn't do it on my own. I, I didn't even know how to go in and find those false beliefs. Yeah. So you're helping your clients do that? Yeah. I mean, I try my best to. I think that just through the power of asking questions is usually how we get it out. It exposes those beliefs. Totally. And I I, I constantly try. I love love that you brought the word curious. I feel like I love that word because I think that not enough we get, we don't get curious enough. I think, I think we, we, come to assumptions too quick. Mm. Um, I think we need to get more curious when we listen to others. We need to get more curious when we're thinking ourselves. Uh, And one of the things that I really encourage all my clients to do, and I constantly try and do is just continue to stay curious. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, why did I, why do I feel this way? You know, if I step on the scale and I feel a certain way, get curious. Why are these feelings coming up? What am I making these mean? If I, you know, if a certain food is around, if there are cookies on the table right now and it made me feel a certain way, you know, I get curious. Why is this making me feel a certain way? And I think just by by having that curiosity, we can learn a lot about ourselves. Yes. I think that's the first piece to building self-awareness is just getting curious. And to your point earlier as well, getting curious. For some, getting curious is scary. 
because yeah. what am I going to find in there? Oh yeah. I'm going to find that because their shame or their fear has been telling them that they're bad. They're not good enough. They're never going to be able to change. And so if I get curious and find some information about me that proves that I'm not good or proves that I'm bad in some way. Yeah. So, but I agree. Giving yourself space to get curious. And I will do this with my clients a lot. I'll stretch my arms as wide as I can. Like there is space. There's so much space for you to learn and grow and to get curious, to make mistakes. Those cookies are making me uncomfortable. Well, I just ate two cookies. Why am I feeling, you know, like to get honest about it. Yeah. In your curious questions, I guess. I really like that. Totally. Why do you think we care so much about the physical parts of us and are willing to let the social, spiritual, and emotional parts go by the way? Yeah. I was thinking about this question a lot and I think it's because everybody wants to feel accepted. Kind Mm -hmm. of what we were talking about before. I think everyone wants to feel accepted and it's easier to feel accepted by external external factors by, you know, how much money you make, by the cars you drive, by the way that you look, by the clothes you wear. It's easy to feel accepted from those things. It's harder to find self-acceptance and acceptance for yourself. And so I think, I think the reason why a lot of people let that stuff go is because we're, we're searching for acceptance from others and a way that people can receive that, which I don't think it's true acceptance necessarily, but a way that people feel that acceptance is by changing their bodies, is by Mm -hmm. looking a certain way. So I, 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 that's kind of what comes in my head is I feel like it all comes back to, to, to acceptance. Now, again, I think it's okay to want, I'm kind of reiterating this again, is I think it's okay to want to look a certain way. It's okay. I think it's okay. I do too. I think it's okay to have those goals. Um, and I think that if someone has that goal, it's okay. But if that, if you don't, if it's, because you're trying to find acceptance, which I think a lot of people don't, I think that'd be more of a subconscious thing rather than like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm doing this to, you know, I'm doing this to find acceptance. I don't think anyone would actually say that. No, but like, if you're, you know, if you're doing it for acceptance, um, that shows me that, you know, maybe it's not time for that goal yet and let's put it on pause. And I really want to put that too, just like put that goal on pause. We're not getting rid of it. We're just putting it on pause. Yes. And figure out how you can start accepting yourself first, where you're at. And then when you're in the right headspace and when you've built those tools to help you, then we can go into that goal and work towards it with a different perspective. It's really good. With actually more inner strength. For sure. You're building yourself. Totally. Because now, you know, now you're going to the gym because you want to feel good. You want to strengthen yourself, not because you're trying to punish yourself, not because you hate yourself. You're eating healthier, um, more nutritious foods because you want to fuel your body. You want to get your, you have respect for your body and you love your body. You're doing it out of love rather than like, I hate my body. I'm punishing myself. Mm -hmm. You know, you choose not to eat the brownie um, because you just don't want it. It's not because I can't have it. So I'm just done. I don't really feel like the brownie anymore, you know, or you choose to eat the brownie and you can have one and be just fine and not have to feel like you need to have a ton because you've built those tools and those skills and that headspace that, Hey, I'm, I can eat one cookie. I loved it. And now I'm good. And I don't feel any need to eat anymore. Yeah. So I think it's just when we can build those tools before we go into this extreme goal or not even extreme, just this goal in general, it can really help to actually make the goal a lot easier to achieve and not just achieve, also maintain, which is the, Mm -hmm. which is essentially our goal. Our goal is not just to lose weight. It's to lose weight and then be able to maintain it. 
it's to hopefully just get our body to a place where we can do whatever we'd like to do with it, that totally. we feel healthy and strong and capable of doing whatever. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I keep bringing up weight loss, which is really interesting with a lot of my clients, Christy, is a lot of people, they associate, you know, an, a certain aesthetic with, with, I need to lose weight in order to achieve that. And what a lot of my clients have realized is sometimes that certain aesthetic isn't, isn't necessarily weight loss. Sometimes it's, you got to eat more. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's, you just got to, you know, we got to strength train more. We got to step off the treadmill for two hours a day and we got to start lifting some weights. Okay. That's really good. When you said they, they do it because they want to be accepted. The number one fear of all humans is to be abandoned. Yeah. And so if I'm accepted, then I'm never going to be abandoned. And to me, yeah, the world has sold us that physically, if you look good physically, instead of instead of the truth, which is you have been given this incredible gift called the body. Yeah. And there are so many amazing things you can do with it. And let me help you totally. get that into a place, into a space where you're able to do all that you'd like to do with that body. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So good. Okay. So I'm curious, how do you care for your whole self? I mean, if we think about our whole self, I think, you know, not just physically, but physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, for me, a big part of understanding how to take care of my whole self was figuring out uh, what my values were in life. And I feel like, you know, something that I, I, I realized was a really big eye opener for me is I felt like I kept going after these goals, but I had these values, but I didn't know what they were, mm-hmm. but my goals and my values weren't going, weren't in line. They were, they were different. They were, you know, basically they weren't in line and because they were in line, it causes a lot of frustration for me. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to recognize, okay, you know, my values are freedom. My values are this family. My values are growth. And, and sometimes my goals went head to head with those. So I think the first thing that really helped me is just understanding what are my values and what does this mean? You know, if my goal is freedom, but I have this goal to get a shredded six pack, I have to, you know, there's not a lot of freedom in that. I would have mm-hmm. to, you know, Probably if I go on vacation, I'll probably have to bring my meal prep. I won't be able to enjoy date nights as much with my husband. Traveling would be a lot harder, which that's also, you know, I want the freedom to be able to travel. And so that's not something that right now aligns with my goals. But now anyways, kind of going through like the different parts of my life, I feel like physically something that I try and do. I mean, right now I'm pregnant, so it's definitely has changed a little bit. I try to continue to exercise. I try to strengthen my muscles to make sure I'm strong um, for birth and just strong in general. Uh, I still do cardio um, to make sure that my cardiovascular system is healthy. My heart is healthy. Um, I try and eat mostly whole foods, mostly nutritious foods um, while still enjoying obviously treats here. I call, I call, uh, you know, 80% of my diet's full of foods that are nutritious for my body. 20% is full of foods that are nutritious for my soul. So <laughs> that's the kind of way I go about all of them. Yes. <laughs> yep. The, the cookies, the brownies, you know, those are nutritious for my soul. So um, those are the things I feel like I do for my physical body. Um, emotionally, I feel like just staying curious and building self-awareness is what helps me. And, and something that's helped me there is um, journaling. It's like journaling is a huge one for me. I feel like it's great to get curious and think about it. But if you really want to see it and you don't, I would say someone who doesn't maybe have the financial funds to get like a coach or something like that, 
journaling can be one of your best friends because mm-hmm. I feel like writing it down and then being able to see it on paper. Or sometimes if I, sometimes I'd actually take out my phone and I'd do voice memos and I would voice memo my, I would just talk. I would just talk about how I'm feeling and get curious. And then you listen to it. And that's really interesting too. Wow, um, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. Yeah. So those are some things that I felt have helped me emotionally. Um, staying open with my husband, communicating, being okay if I'm feeling a certain way, whether that's sad or mad or angry or happy or yes. whatever. Uh, I think emotional EQ or you know emotional regulation is something that I think more people need to learn like how to how to regulate your emotions and also like be okay. I think something that I've, I'm still working on is like being okay if I'm sad, being okay if I'm frustrated. You heard me before this, I'm like, be okay if I want to complain about pregnancy. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I'm trying not to complain, but you're like, it's okay to complain. I'm like, you're right. You're right. It's okay. It's okay. Well, you're human. Totally. And it, feelings are human. They're, I actually am a huge believer that we have this ability to feel so we can move through our experiences. They literally help us move through an experience. We don't want to stay mad. We don't want to stay frustrated, but if we'll let ourselves feel them and not shame ourselves for feeling totally, them, then we can move. We don't have to get stuck. I We get stuck when we don't allow ourselves to feel. Yeah. I feel like sometimes what I've noticed within myself is if I judge a feeling, it ends up just staying within me mm. and then it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then one day I just have like a breakdown and I just cry like a baby. And it's just like, well, that's, <laughs> that's like, that's feel good. No, it doesn't feel good. I'm like, that's what happened with all the emotions that I just let build up and build yeah. up and build up. I didn't let myself feel them. Yes. I do think sometimes that feel it's like this release, like, okay, totally. I'm okay now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That those big blow ups are generally, they come from holding things in. Big response means big pain. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's good. Okay. Were you done sharing your whole self? I mean, I'm just trying to think of if I like spiritually, okay. I feel like prayer, meditation is something that's really helpful for me. Obviously, mm. going to church, I feel like um, staying close to Heavenly Father, mm. making sure the relationship is strong there, which something I'm constantly working on. Mm-hmm. Um, it could always be better. And socially, just staying connected with friends. I think that's a value of mine too, is relationships. It's just staying, having good relationships and friendships. Um, so trying to be proactive about getting together with friends, making sure I'm going on dates with my husband. So good for you. That's good. So do you feel pressure? What? How does it feel? What kind of pressure do you feel being a health and personal coach? Yeah. Nutrition, health and nutrition. There's a lot of pressure. I will yeah. say that, especially with the social media world. You know, there's this, there's 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 a lot of pressure because, and maybe this is my own thoughts and feelings, just around being in Utah. Yeah. Is Utah has a lot of, uh, you know, has a lot of influencers and bloggers, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does. At least it's. I mean, this pressure might be self imposed as well. I might just be getting in my own head about it. But, you know, when people think of health and nutrition coaches, they think about someone who's super shredded. They think about someone who has a constant six pack, who's always lean, who eats quote unquote perfect. And that's not, that's not me. Yeah, Yeah. that's not me. I'm like, I, you know, I don't value being lean year round. I don't value being shredded year round. I, I like eating ice cream and not just, you know, the 
banana and ice cream, protein ice cream. I like Don't going to Ro- I like going to Rockwell's <laughs> ice cream and getting myself yeah. an ice cream cone. You know, <laughs> I like my ice cream. And and for a lot of people, they've been really surprised by that. Like, hey, Sarah's helping with nutrition, but she's also over here eating ice cream and nachos and uh, burritos. And and it's and you know, so there is pressure where sometimes I feel like maybe my business could grow a little bit more if I looked a certain way. Mm-hmm. Maybe my business could grow if I was just, you know, if I did something else, but you know, those things don't, don't resonate with me. And you know, that's not to say again, I'm going to come back to this again. That's not to say that, you know, probably postpartum, I will have goals. I probably mm-hmm. will want to, you know, see what I can do with my body. But mm-hmm. again, it's not coming from a perspective of, it's for other people. It's because I feel like I have to, it's because I want to grow my social media It's because I want to grow my business. It's because I want to do that for myself. Yeah. You know? Yes. So th- there's, there's for sure pressure, which is hard. Do you have people comment on, I mean, just when you say pressure, you're just, is it you comparing yourself to other people or is it? It's self-imposed. Yeah. I think it's more self-imposed, honestly. Yeah. I think it's more me putting pressure on myself and comparing to myself, which is honestly something I'm, I'm, I'm currently working on, especially being pregnant where it's like, my body is changing, which I've also had to work on that. Like it's changing for really beautiful reasons. And in fact, I'm really grateful that my body's able to do this. I'm I, cause for a long time, I, I actually didn't believe that I was going to be able to get pregnant. Mm. I thought it was gonna be really hard for me. And so the fact that I am pregnant, um, and my baby's healthy, like I feel so grateful for that, you know? So, and everybody changes differently in pregnancy too. And everybody's anatomy is different. Their genetics are different. Mm. And I feel really grateful for this moment. It's not easy. I, I mean, the comparison game is, is real. I won't say I I got it down. It's something that I always have to work on. I talk to my husband about it a lot. Um, It's tough. It's such a human, the tendency to compare is so, so inviting. And, and especially I think you're in a profession, you know, I I don't know, maybe accountants are like, I got my accounting done more than you, or, you know, there's other professions where there's not really not as much like an invitation to con- to compare. Yeah. You are in a profession that would, there would be a constant invitation to compare. Totally. And so I think you're courageous. I And I, I really, again, for anyone who's listening, get curious, stop and ask yourself, what are my thoughts about this new year? What do I want to look at? How do I want to stay curious while I try to care for myself physically, spiritually, socially, emotionally, and intellectually, what do I value? I really like, Sarah, what you said about that. Does, do my goals align with what I value? And I think we'd be interested. I think we'd be surprised as humans to recognize that when so, we might think, oh, yeah, I know what I value. But when someone says, well, what do you value? How hard it is for someone to really articulate for sure what they value especially because for me I mean I'll be honest Christy like I I have my values but sometimes when I first did like this values exercise and it's something that I have to constantly kind of like come back to like okay what are my values and what does this mean and honestly I should probably do it again but when you when when I first did a values exercise it's tough because there's things that you value there's things that you want to value Mm -hmm. so trying to find the difference of like you know, do I want to value this because I I think it will be easier to value this to accomplish my goal or do I actually value this? And so it's, that's where I think having maybe someone to help you find your values can be helpful, um, potentially just because it's easy to 
it's kind of like the personality test. Have mm-hmm. you ever taken a personality test? And yes. you're like, you <laughs> ask you a question. You're like, I, that's how I want to be. So I'm going to pick <laughs> yeah. that. But actually, you know, you're that. So yes. it's, it's the kind of the same idea is, is finding your values can be tough because knowing what your actual values are versus what you want your values to be is, is it's kind of hard to do. It's true. And it takes time. Brene Brown at the, in her book, Dare to Lead does a value. Uh, she, she invites, she'll do this when she's working with um, corporations she'll she'll give them this list of values she'll say just circle everything that you value and then she'll say okay cut it down to 15 yeah okay now cut it down to five and you know down to three and she said because if you know what you value have you read that book it's so good I've read Daring Greatly I'm reading Daring Greatly right now but not Daring Greatly you'd like it anyway she says if you know what you value, then you'll know why you make the choices you make. You'll yeah. know why, you know, if you want to make different choices, you have to figure out what you value because yeah. then how you choose to spend your time, how you choose to show up at work, all of it is based on what you value. And my big thing is instead of like just believing yourself when you say what you value, notice what you spend your time, money and energy on. Yeah. And then you'll know what you value totally well i think that's an interesting point you brought up because because i've heard before if you want to figure out what you value go look at your bank statements because a lot of times that will show you um go look at your bank statements and go look at where you spend your time yeah and that will a lot of times show you what you value yes which again that is not something to shame ourselves about. no 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 something especially at the beginning of this new this new beginning of a year to be able to stop and say, okay, I spend a lot of time doing this and this, but I want to value relationships or I want to value exercise or I want to value service. And so that's where I want to lean in. I want to start getting curious. I want to make some goals or commitments or whatever. Talk to a friend, having a, you know, having an accountability partner, yeah. call a coach whatever. Totally. That is good. Okay. Sarah, what haven't I asked you that we should be talking about at the beginning of the year? You asked a question like tips that I'd have for anybody. Yes. If we want to go through that. I do. I want to. The biggest tip I'd have for someone who's wanting to has goals going into this year is just setting realistic, setting more realistic goals. And what I mean by that, cause it's like, yeah, yeah, I what set, does that mean? yeah. Like what does that mean to set realistic goals is, is a lot of times, you know, if you're setting goals to achieve a certain goal, most likely I would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone, if it's a physical goal, most likely you've already set this goal before. I'm assuming I'm, that's just, yeah, that's an assumption. Uh, probably. <clears throat> probably. And like, you've probably already set this uh, new year's goal before. Yeah. And if you achieve that goal, you probably wouldn't have to set this goal again. Yeah. Right. So there's a reason, you know, something's not working here. Mm. Um, and, and a lot of times when I see people's, uh, new year's goals, it's okay. I'm going to start eating, uh, you know, no sugar, uh, for, for the month of, or I'm not, I'm not going to get sugar this year and I'm going to exercise seven times a week and I'm going to do this and this and this, and they, there's this whole list. And what I would say is, I think about your goals almost like a slingshot is I think sometimes when we can pull back, it slingshots us forward. So instead of setting these huge, like unrealistic things of I'm going to work out seven times a week and I'm going to not eat any sugar instead, you know, say I'm going to work out, I'm going to try and work out twice a week or maybe even one time a week. Let's just start with one time, you know, gain the consistency with one time, create that into habit and then add on. And so I would say start with small and simple steps 
I, I, I'm, a ha- I'm an advocate for unrealistic goals in the sense of like, hey, let's dream big. Yeah. But if it becomes to, a, if it comes to the plan though, needs to be realistic. So the goal, maybe sure, it can dream big, but the plan to achieve that needs to be more realistic instead of this huge lofty goal. And sometimes I like to relate it to a ladder. I think that a lot of people are trying to go from the bottom of the ladder to the top. And if that happens, most likely they're going to fall. Mm-hmm. But if we can take it one ladder at a time, one mm-hmm. small step at a time. One rung. Yeah, rung, yeah. yeah. One rung at a time, you'll get there. Yes, yes it may take longer. But I would, I would argue that sometimes, yeah, I'd argue that sometimes the the shortcut, quote unquote, shortcut is actually taking the long approach. Yes. So just be more realistic with yourself and not, not going so extreme with your action plan. So as a coach, what do you do? If someone were to contact you, what, what's the process? Yeah. How would you help them? So if someone were to fill out like an application on my, mm-hmm. I have like link in my bio, Yeah, um, we would hop on a call and we would talk through their goals, make sure it's a good fit, make sure um, everything's good there. And if they, depending on what their goal is, most of the time I, I start most of my clients out at what I call a maintenance level. So we actually just practice maintaining where they're already at before we go into any type I of- I love that. <laughs> it's, uh, thank you. Honestly, it's, it's- um, 99% of my clients, that's what I do. Um, with a few exceptions of sometimes we'll go straight into weight loss, depending on the person. Most of my clients, though, we start at, we practice maintaining their current weight. We practice on building habits. We practice on working on their, you know, relationship with food, their mindset around food. We practice different tools and skills like that. And then when we feel like the time is right and their life isn't, you know, crazy full of trips and vacations and holidays, then maybe we'll go into a phase um, and a very intentional planned phase of what we call a cut or, you know, a calorie deficit or um, a weight loss period, which is anywhere between eight to 12 weeks, depending on the person. And then after that, no matter where they're at, we'll mean, we'll practice maintaining that. So that's usually what it looks like with a client. So a health and nutrition coach, you help them also recognize eating that's healthy, not just like you said, the 80% that you eat that's good for your body. Yeah. So I, in my coaching, I use the tool of macro tracking, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially, I would say 90% of my, 99% of my clients use a tool of macro tracking. If not, we really work on mindful eating skills mm-hmm. and then also just becoming educated on, you know, what are carbs, what are fats, what are proteins and what foods have these in them and trying to um, work on eating more protein and trying to work on eating, and, and the beauty, you know, what's been really helpful with macro tracking, and I don't think macro tracking is for everybody. I don't think it's like this magical, everybody needs to, and it works yeah. for everybody. I think, again, it really depends on the person. Mm. But for me, it's been really nice. And for a lot of my clients, it's been nice because they've been able to realize like, hey, I can eat, you know, mostly nutritious foods and be able to still fit in my favorite treat at night and still achieve my goals. So for a lot of people, it's really eye-opening because they're able to see, hey, as, as, as long as this, you know, fits within my ranges and you know it's kind of like a budget like you can use your budget however you like um and as long as they can kind of fit it in and with flexibility of course they can still achieve their goals and for a lot of people that's really eye-opening because for years they were taught that cookies are bad and I can't eat them and ice cream is bad and I can't eat them but now they're able to realize hey I can eat ice cream every single day and still feel good and still wake up without a sick stomach and still feel like I can, I can achieve my goals. And so that's the, that's the approach that I take with most of my clients. Now, again, it really depends on their dieting history. It really depends on their relationship with food. But my goal in coaching too, is I don't want people to track their food forever. Yeah. I think that macro tracking is, is a tool. 
is to educate them. It's to educate you. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think that people can go about tracking their macros the wrong way in the sense that I did for a long time. I became obsessed with it. Really? And I think that you, you shouldn't have to rely. And, you know, I don't think anyone would want to rely on their food tracking app or, you know, uh, technology to dictate their food choices for the rest of our life. So, you know, we track for a while to really educate ourselves on food, on nutrition, on how is this making me feel, which is a big part of like when you track, be intentional. Yes. Um, so that one day when we get to, you know, when we practice maintaining the weight, one day we start weaning off of tracking and we start practicing more intentional, more intuitive, more mindful eating habits and skills while still using the same principles that we learned while tracking our macros and do it without tracking to practice again and and build that self-trust, which a lot of people need to build that self-trust without using the food tracking app. Yes. And so, you know, I, with my clients, I, I, I always, when someone comes and, and, and works with me, I always like to make it clear, like, Hey, you know, my minimum commitment's four months, but really if we could work together for longer than that, it'd be ideal because we can go through each of these phases together. We can go through the beginning maintenance phase and we can go through, you know, accomplishing some of your goals and we can go through maintenance phase again and work on not tracking and work on the self-trust piece and work on going on vacation and not feeling so stressed and feeling like you can come back feeling good about your choices and feeling like you still enjoyed the food. And so when we can get that time, it can be not just such a physical experience. It can be an all around health experience of, man, I achieved my goals and I improved my relationship with food and I feel really good. And I no longer feel stressed when I go out to eat. Yeah. And I no longer feel stressed when I go on vacation. And I feel like I can sit around cookies without feeling like I need to eat all of yeah. them. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. And as you're talking, I talk a lot and on this podcast and with my clients a lot about emotional and emotional health. And as you're talking, I'm, I'm recognizing that, you know, I, I talk about how, how important like physical exercises for our bodies, but I appreciate you. I can feel my insides like, okay, because this is a place that has not been like a comfortable space for me, that physical, what do I look like? What do I feel? You know, how am I treating my body? I'm a really big believer that our body is a gift. Totally. It is a gift. And the way that we treat it with what we eat, with exercise, with our sleep, with so many things that I I just think part of our the peace in our life will come from treating this body, this gift, from I believe that God gave us this gift of this body by treating it in a way that shows that we care and that it matters. And physical is a really important part of that. So Sarah, <laughs> thank you so much for coming to talk about this. I really appreciate your, again, where you focus on the physical, but you are very aware of the whole person. I, I think it's a great way to start the new year. And thank you for giving me time coming and talking. Thank you. Thanks for having it. me. It's an honor to be on here, honestly. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Christy. You'll have many choices in your days and in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.